Hey, welcome to another Diva with Patrick and Jamie. Now, can you believe it? We dress exactly the same two weeks. I know around. that is so <laughs> weird, man. Same shirt, same, same everything. Uh, it's like we, it's like we recorded two in a row. <sighs> wow, wow. <laughs> so, Pat, <laughs> where are we at today in we're, the scriptures? We're gonna learn John's reasons for writing. These little letters here that we're going through, we're going through all of the Johns at the end of the Bible. Uh, we're in First John chapter two. We're going to look at verses twelve through seventeen. Reasons for writing says this: I am writing you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of His name. I am writing you, fathers, because you know Him. You know Him who He. Oh gosh, because you know Him who is from the beginning. I'm writing you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love, the f- love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of the life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Right into it. Reasons for writing. Yeah. To children, fathers, young men, and women, people, young people. I would, I would even go as far to say. Uh, here we go. Verse 12. I'm writing you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. Okay, interesting. That's so, a great lesson for a child to yeah. know. Yeah, he's writing, he's writing to the little children. Uh, the, the word for it is uh, a word that actually doesn't mean like kid. It means like little child, like small, really little child. So probably like... You're thinking like not necessarily like infant, but pretty young. Yeah, yeah. This would be like toddler, maybe not even to kindergarten. Like these are little kids. Uh, but the understanding if uh, teaching a little kid that their sins have been forgiven because of Christ fundamentally is one of the best first lessons to learn. It's true. That is God loves true. you is probably the first lesson that they should learn. And God died for any mistakes that you're going to make in your life. Uh, so you don't have to feel sad about your mistakes is kind of a, a, a good second lesson. Yeah. And this is all written out like a song or like a poem, which is kind of cool too. Right. So like maybe there's some lyrical like way of this. I don't know the, uh, but like originally that's how this is written out, which is kind of cool. Right. Yeah. And I'm writing you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. The beginning of time. Yeah. So the fathers, writing to the fathers because they, man, uh, they know God, which is really cool. Right. This is like super encouraging. Well, yeah, it's the reason why he's writing. Yeah. That's the to- topic it's of this. Uh, encouragement here. It comes like in the <clears throat> middle. It's like, yeah. It's interesting. Kidding. And I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome mm. the evil one. Now, okay. What? What does your uh, translation over there say about young men? What what age are we thinking here? Oh, uh, this is roughly translated as young men. Okay. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. like youth. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. So think like uh, 
um, any, yeah, anyone who's who would be considered kind of youth age, youthful age. So and teenagers, no, maybe. And I younger men. I don't know this. Maybe you do. This is a, a question for you. Uh, it says you have overcome the evil one. Yeah. Is there something that you know from doing youth ministry or having children of your own? Yeah. Uh, that is <clears throat> common that every young person has to overcome. Like that's oh, evil. Oh, evilness. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things, right? There's so many things in life that, that people do have to overcome. Um, but if we think about, well, who is the evil one? The evil one would be, you know, you use the word devil, Satan, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and what does the evil one do? Well, it tempts you mm-hmm. to do stuff, right? Like that's kind of like the evil one's main plot is to tempt you to do something. Yeah. So yeah. if we think about it, well, how do you overcome temptation? Uh, like, yeah. you're like, oh, willpower, strength, whatever, right? Like, well, God helps you. God provides a way out. I, I think in a lot of this, there's this isn't necessarily like this is exactly the way. Like not all children, um, it's not necessarily. There's like an aspirational aspect to this. So right. it's like, children, your sins have been forgiven on account of His name. Awesome, but we don't know how many of these children have like accepted the Lord. Fathers, you've known Him who is from the beginning. Like, well, right. do all these fathers really know Him from the beginning, or is this kind of like a an aspiration of what we really want. Young men, you've overcome the evil one. So I think it's encouraging because sometimes if you're like, if you're a child, you don't really feel forgiveness. It's hard for you to feel forgiven. Yeah. If you're a father, you're like, I don't know if I, especially in this part of the church history, like, I don't know if I've known God forever. And if you're a young man, you're like, man, temptation is everywhere. Yeah. I'm tempted. So you think about being a young man, you're like, I'm tempted with lust I'm tempted with um, going out and trying to earn a bunch of money. I'm tempted with like greed. I'm tempted like all the big temptations of the world are going to be in your face when you're like a young person. Yeah. They're like right there. Right. Um, I mean, today there's common temptations for young people. Uh, You know, and even thinking about this after I asked my question, an answer that I kind of thought of is maybe the overcoming the evil one in this setting means studying scripture. I think it'd be a win for the evil one if you didn't study scripture, didn't know Christ. And so maybe they're saying, okay, now that you're a young person, a young man, you, because you know scripture and understand scripture, you have overcome the evil one. Yeah. And that's something, because I'm trying to think, what is one thing, one example that John could think of that everyone from child to young man experiences? And I think that's evil. And I think that not studying scripture is probably the big, like one common denominator that every single child, a young man experiences. I think you're right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You don't no, think of anything else? Sure. No, that's a good one. Okay. It's going to turn weird though here because we're going to have the same thing twice. Kind of. Yeah. I write little, to you. Little change, but yeah. kind of the same thing twice. Verse 14. I write to you, dear children, because you know the father. You know Christ. I write to you, dear. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. Heard same, that before yeah, somewhere. Same thing. And then I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God lives in you, and you have Whoa. overcome the evil one. There you go. Word of God lives in you. Yeah, word of God lives in you. 
that's something we've heard before. Yeah. Um, and you've overcome the evil one. We've heard that before again, right? So here, here he is doing this affirmation, and he has to say it twice because sometimes we need to hear it twice. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, he, the way it's written again, even though there are some subtle, subtle, subtle differences, it's kind of showing that children learn from the father, fathers are teaching the children, the young men, and it all kind of compounds onto each other. Yes. A little bit. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. So like, great. Here's this encouragement. I'm writing you to encourage you. And then he's going to get into like some of this pretty harsh stuff. Yeah. On not loving the world. Do not love the world or anything in the world. Whoa. What? Okay. Don't love. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it says anything. Yeah. And not necessarily anyone. If anyone loves the world, love for the father is not in them. Yes. Interesting. Weird. If anyone loves the world, love for the father is not in that. You're like, wait a minute. But I think I remember a Bible verse that says, for God so loved the world. Yeah. That what what's going on here? Okay, so let's let's kind of dig this up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. The actual word for love in this and world is the same as that John 3.16. Okay. Same thing. So yeah. uh, it says, do not love the world or anything in the world. Like what? No, what? Why can't I love the world or anything in the world? Um and the word for world is is a bigger word than the word we use. When we think of the world, we think of planet Earth. That's the world, yeah, right? Yeah. It's very yeah. like, but here when they say world, it can mean like the order, the world. It can even mean an ornament, like an adornment or an ornament on something. Okay. Um, it can mean like the whole of everything. Uh, it's the word cosmos, which is like cosmos. Uh, we get the word cosmetology from it yeah. or cosmology from yeah. it too, which is kind of weird. Um, and so and so, if you love the world, what this is saying is when you start to love things in the world rather than loving God, you're getting off. Yeah. Track, right? Yeah. So if anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. So basically this is saying God is not going to be second place in your life. Right. Yeah. Won't do it. And verse 16, for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. Yeah. And so when he talks about the world, there's this whole thing that happens in Scripture where the world is sort of seen as like the world order or the way of the world. Mm-hmm. And the way of the world and the world world order is a lot of times like evil, but it doesn't just say like, oh, yeah, evil, it's the devil. The devil's in everything. It's like some of this desires that we have that are bad. It's just it's just a way of like life. It's like just how people are. It's like some of this human nature. It's this, you know, original sin stuff of, you know, we want what we want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's not necessarily that, um, you know, every time you eat a Twinkie, there's like a little mini devil in it saying, eat a Twinkie. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be good for you, man. Like whisper that into the microphone. That's right. Whisper in the mic. <laughs> Twinkie eating time. Uh, that's not. <laughs> that's not what. Uh, that's not what's going on here. So what's happening is every time we uh, are tempted to do something wrong, it's not because uh, the devil is behind it. Right. 
there's just this pattern and way of the world mm-hmm. that we can fall into. And it's it's like the first part of this chapter where you, or of chapter one, where it's like you can be on the path of light or dark. Yeah. And but and then verse 17 kind of outlines a little bit on how you can be on the path of light. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Yes. If you live your life for Christ, if you live out what God is calling you to do in the world, uh, you will live forever. Yeah. So, and I like this too, that like the world, like all this stuff in the world that's like bad, it's going to go away. All the desires even are going to go away. Can you think of that? Like the desire to be like, let's say wealthy and rich. Yeah. That's going to go away. It's going to go away. That's going to disappear. Yeah. And it's funny. You can even watch people as they get older, they stop caring about that stuff. Yeah. Right. So like you get to a certain age, you're like, I just don't like, I don't care about having a bunch of money. Yeah. I just want to be with my family. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, you get to a certain age, like I don't care about being like a football player or being a star or like, being physically like, you know, the most talented athlete in the world. Like, I just don't care. That desire is no longer there. And maybe it was a huge desire for you earlier. So desires and all that will pass away. Uh, But doing the will of the Father lives forever. It's timeless, which is kind of cool. And I think think that people, their desires, as desires pass away, they live into doing what God calls them into even more. Yeah. So yeah, and really what neat. I notice too is sometimes God like helps shape our desires. Yeah, so, like oh, yeah. if you give your life to the Lord, He's gonna like start shaping your desires weird, and all of a sudden the things that like maybe you really like to party. Yeah, I don't know. Some people do, uh, and maybe you know you'd go to parties every weekend, and like you're just life of the party. You wanted to be the you know person who's at the center of it all. Maybe you start to decide you want to follow Jesus, God's in your life. Sometimes God will change the desire in your heart and you won't want to do it. Like it won't be as joyful anymore. You're like, ah, that, that isn't really what I wanted. Yeah. Um, God can change the desires of our heart. And yeah. all of a sudden the only, and then the other thing too, is the only way we'll find this like kind of eternal satisfaction is doing things for the Lord, uh, doing the will of the Lord. Yeah. There we go. So, Live your life for Christ. Do the will of the Lord. Live out your calling. There we go. Don't live in darkness. Live in light. All right, guys. Thanks for checking out today's devotional, and we'll see you again next week. Bye. Bye.